Did you know that Black and White Sports is the largest independently owned conservative sports brand in the world? We have over 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 39 million views. Our episodes get more views than most ESPN programming every single day. And now we have exploded on podcast. We brought our episodes to podcast for you to enjoy at work, school, in the car, on the beach, wherever you choose to consume our audio. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Subscribe now. Also, you can help sponsor the podcast for as little as 99 cents per month. The link is in the description on with the show. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit, you'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. We're going to talk about Justin Fields. And Mitch Trubisky, that's right, Mitchell Trubisky, as he is the backup quarterback for the Bills, except he actually started the game yesterday, and I think Mitch is capable of starting is capable of starting somewhere in the league right now. Uh, but he's he had to take a backup deal with 
uh, Buffalo. And as we know, he's got a new coaching staff. Well, last week, Justin Fields came out and did a few highlight things. He made a touchdown pass that everybody ran, ran it and raved, raved over. And I came on here and I said, he threw it to a receiver on a busted coverage. He was wide-ass open. Well, that doesn't usually happen in the NFL. And Justin Fields had a much harder day. Now, the fans got on him a little bit. Why? Because Justin Field made some comments last week about the fact that the NFL game seemed kind of slow to him. Except yesterday, it didn't seem a damn bit bit slow to him. He got leveled by a Buffalo uh, uh, member of the Buffalo's defense. And, well, I'm not sure what, what defense that was. Was it second string, third string? Pretty sure it wasn't first string. So... There should be some cause for concern, but i got to be honest with you. I don't know if there's so much cause for concern. I mean, Justin Fields has got talent. I can see that. But if I was Bears fans, after seeing Mitch Trubisky yesterday get actual good coaching from uh, Brian Dyball, there's no way. I would be like, what in the hell is going on with our coaching staff right now? Um I said when I did my quarterback ranks, my projected starters, I had Justin Fields as the number 32 last place potential starter, projected starter in the NFL for the season. But I also had notes about Mitch Trubisky in here. And I said I'd rather give Mitch another year when I was talking about Justin Fields. Mitch Trubisky would have been ahead of Tua at 27. Okay, so when I did my rank, Tua was number 28. Mitch would have been at 27. Justin Fields was at 32. And then I actually put literally in my notes, not certain Matt Nagy coached up Trubisky to his full potential. Bears may have missed here in giving up. In other words, and the one comparison that I drew when talking about Mitch was Ryan Tannehill. And what happened to him in Miami, having to deal with the situations down there, and the fact that if you go back and look at at, at, uh, Ryan Tannehill's numbers while he was in Miami, they were pretty good. And then guess what? He goes somewhere where he's got a strong coaching staff. He had a good offensive coordinator with Arthur Smith, who's now the Falcons coach, so we need to watch Ryan a little bit. But he's still got Mike Vrabel there. And the fact is, you may have another situation like Tannehill with Trubisky. Trubisky gets with a good coaching staff. Guess what? He can play quarterback in the NFL. Let's get to this real fast because it talks about Justin Fields. The fans did get on him. And Mitchell Trubisky was great yesterday. The Chicago Bears faced off against the Buffalo Bills in their second preseason game with the main story of the game being Mitchell Trubisky's return to his former team. For the time being, it looks like the former second overall draft pick got his revenge as he sliced up the Bears' starting defense in Chicago. Let us not lose sight of that fact. Sliced up the Bears' starting defense. The Bears are supposed to have a good defense. 
That's my understanding. They got the shit handed to him yesterday. As he finished the day 20 for 28 for 221, while the Bears trounced, the, the, the Bills trounced the Bears 41 to 15. And he was, uh, here's a highlight right here. Rolled out, boom. I mean, that's a good throw, guys. That's a good throw, tight window throw. Um, you know, if you can make that throw in the NFL, you've, oh, yeah, that's a good throw. Wow. Uh, Justin Fields, by the way, he took a massive hit. He took a massive, massive hit in the game yesterday. And um, he finished uh, 9 for 19 for 80 yards and 4 for 46 rushing. And his rating was a 59.1. And he did get absolutely lit up by a player uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Knocked his helmet off. It was a very nasty hit. But the fans got on him a little bit. Look at this. It's like a little bit too fast for him now. And a great meme of Dave Chappelle as Rick James. Slap. Justin Fields lost his helmet and headband on this hit. This guy said, but I thought the NFL was slow. Well, yesterday, it certainly looked too fast for Justin Fields. But I got to tell you, I actually like Justin Fields a little more than I thought I was going to. I think the kid's got a lot of potential athletically. But if I'm a Bears fan right now, I'm very concerned about this coaching staff. I mean, Matt Nagy, it looks like they may have let, and and I said this before, I'll say it again, I've got to give Mike Greenberg of ESPN some credit because he's the only one, as a Bears fan, by the way, he's... His wife is a massive Bears fan. She's from Chicago. So he's a Jets fan, but they cover the Bears a lot. They talk a lot of Bears. They always did on Mike and Mike because of of his connection with his wife being from Chicago and being a big Bears fan. He was the only one I heard in the media that absolutely shredded the Bears for getting rid of Mitch Trubisky. He shredded them. He said, you better hope. That wasn't your franchise quarterback. And Trubisky looked great yesterday. Absolutely great. Which means, did, did he just need a good coach and a good offensive coordinator to have made himself look like a really good NFL quarterback? You know, and, and the biggest concern there is, what happens to Justin Fields now? If I'm Bears ownership... I get rid of Matt Nagy because I wouldn't want yet another potential starting quarterback busting over my coaching staff. It's pretty bad, pretty ridiculous uh, after seeing what happened exactly. And again, I didn't put as much stock in Justin Fields' first week performance because there were some wide open catches that he made, but, but there were times he looked really good too. There were. Okay, I think people are like, man, he really hates Fields. No, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, I mean, I I don't root against any of these quarterbacks. I don't. Uh, But I'm rooting for Mitch, too. I think he got a raw deal, and I truly believe that. Uh, It's a shame he is not, um, you know, I don't know what teams he would give a real run for their quarterback money right now. 
maybe Miami, actually, come to think of it. You know, run against Tua. Could he beat Tua out? What about Mitchell Trubisky up in up in Washington? The only problem is, again, I got to wonder about that coaching staff after the way Dwayne Haskins looks right now. God, you want to talk about a quarterback that has rebooted himself. Peace, I'm out. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Oh, one of the funniest things that has come about in sports media in a long time is the fact that we have found out that ESPN's first takes, Max Kellerman, is losing his gig. Wah. Now, we know sports debate is big business, and there was a time when first take was was the best, the flagship, the days of old Stephen A. Smith with Skip Bayless, and it was great TV, and they would go back and forth, and we know all those great moments. And then Max Kellerman came along, and for five, six, seven years, he has given some of the most woke, lunatic takes in the history of the planet. Uh, he is in the race to be considered one of the most diverse ever. Well, it seems, and we don't know for sure, but the heavy rumor is because of Stephen A. Smith, he is losing his first take gig. Now, we know for sure he is losing his gig. Uh, that's not in question, but exactly as to why... Well, we don't know. Well, one of the most absurd takes he ever gave was when Max Kellerman came out and proclaimed that Tom Brady was falling off of a cliff due to age, due to a lack of production, I guess, maybe. No, that wasn't it. Or was it just Max Kellerman? not knowing what the hell he was talking about once again. Well, some some fans out there can't, are not lost on the fact that Tom Brady still has a job in the NFL while Max Kellerman has since lost his. And this is funny. There's a couple of articles on this, and we're going to touch on both of them. But I find this hilarious. Max Kellerman lost his job before Tom Brady retired. NFL fans are in awe that the Bucks QB outlasted ESPN first take host at his job. That was so funny. Brady is entering his 22nd season in the NFL at age 44. There's simply no quarterback who's played as long while also playing at such a high level as Brady. After switching teams last year, Brady walked into Tampa Bay with no offseason practices, no training camp, took to the Buccaneers to the top of the NFL world by winning a Super Bowl. There's literally no precedent for what he's done. There's no precedent for anything he's done. His seven Super Bowl titles are more than any NFL franchise has won. 
This next year, he's also in line to break a whole number of records if things go his way. He, okay, what, what Tom Brady can do in 2021? Break the all-time record for pass yards, completions, three touchdown games, become the first quarterback with multiple wins after turning 44, make his 300 start, win game versus all 32 teams by beating the Patriots in week four. He could win an eighth Super Bowl title and tie Michael Jordan for the most championship round MVPs. Good God. With Max Kellerman's job at ESPN first take seemingly being in flux. It's not in flux. His ass is out. NFL fans couldn't help but joke around about Brady's longevity. It's so funny. There it is. Andrew Andrew Marchand reported it, that Max Kellerman is out. At Max Kellerman is making an apology to Tom Brady officially. This is the take back in the day. I was wrong. Tom Brady never fell off a cliff. And this, of course, was not lost on fans. This fan tweeting out, Max Kellerman lost his job before Tom Brady retired. Now, let's look at this. So, you're telling us Brady lasted longer in the NFL than Kellerman lasted on his own debate show. Granted, first take is Stephen A. Smith's baby, and there have been whispers of Kellerman being replaced for multiple years now. He's awful. However, the irony is not... Or the, the irony is all this hilarious and further proves that discourse about Brady falling off a cliff shouldn't happen until he retires or actually shows some signs of regression. You certainly won't find us having those conversations. In the five years since Kellerman became a national meme, Brady has been to five Super Bowls, won three of them 2016 2018, 2020, giving him seven for his career, the most of any NFL player in history. The Patriots legend also took home MVP honors in 2017, 66% completion, 4,577 yards, 32 touchdowns, and a 102.8 passer rating. So yeah, Patriots fans are having a field day on Twitter. Even Patriot fans are trolling Max Kellerman, quote, remember when laughing at Kellerman losing his job? He's supportedly taking on the bigger role at ESPN. We're laughing at the hilarity behind the fact that the Brady karma is very real and Kellerman is experiencing it. This guy says one could say he fell off a cliff. Max Kellerman expected to move from first take, but not finished at ESPN. Look at Tom Brady. Look at that. Oh, I love it. The Buccaneers are currently preparing for their second preseason game. Yada, yada, yada. And I can't get past the fact that this is absolutely glorious. That all these years since Max Kellerman proclaimed because of a red cap in a locker triggered Max Kellerman. That all these years later, Max Kellerman is losing his gig at first take while Tom Brady is getting ready at 44 to go out and kick that ass. I love it. Three Super Bowls. 
since making that absurd falling off a cliff take. Enjoy that radio show you're getting there, Max Kellerman, after being removed from the flagship show of ESPN. Peace. I'm out. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Sports. I continue to say that one of the best podcasts out there, my current favorite podcast, is Jason Whitlock's Fearless. If you have not subscribed, he does have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe. Well, one of the best singular episodes of podcasting I have heard in a very long time, maybe ever, was the Motor City Madman himself. Ted Nugent was on with Jason Whitlock for a full hour the other day. And among the things that they discussed was one LeBron James and exactly how worthless LeBron James is when it comes to his uh, proclamations of social justice as essentially he could do a lot more good than the harm he has been doing. There's a lot more things he could do for the black community. There's a lot more things he could do in places like Chicago. Well, Ted Nugent called him out for it, slammed him, got very specific, and it was glorious, frankly. Uh, it was good to hear. Very quickly, I'm wearing our The Media is the Real Virus shirt. Make sure you grab it out of our merch store. That is among our best-selling shirts. This one is our best-selling shirt. You can grab it out this weekend only. I have reactivated promo code USA First, all one word, to get you 25% off anything in the merch store. Let's get to this. LeBron James could save 10,000 black lives if he wanted to. Republican Party supporter Ted Nugent makes outrageous claims is it really outrageous? No, it's not. Outrageous claims about Lakers star with Jason Whitlock. Nike and athlete, Nike athletes and NBA players have been cast as Chinese shills, as conservative voices and media. The result is that sports persons and voices being invalidated further in the segment of their society. I don't know what they're talking about, but okay, this is from the Sports Rush. Ted Nugent makes outrageous claims about LeBron James in an interview with Jason Whitlock. Ted Nugent, and you got to understand this is one of these left-leaning sites, Ted Nugent is a notorious gun, gun control advocate. No, he's not. He is absolutely pro-guns, pro-Christianity. He is pro-hunting. Man, it was absolutely one of the best interviews I've ever heard. The Hall of Fame rock guitarist has been a strong Republican supporter and was on fellow Republican Jason Whitlock's show the, the Bla with the Blaze TV. Their talk eventually shifted to piling on LeBron who has become a puppet target for of sorts for these people. Who's these people exactly? Nugent made a few outrageous claims of his own. Well, he was absolutely accurate, but okay. Quote, I don't know if there's any hope for race baiters. If there really was an organization whose title was honest 
if that title was Black Lives Matter, if it was an honest title, they would move to Chicago. They would set up camp in Chicago. And they would probably get these famous athletes to spectator sports. How about LeBron James goes to Chicago, gathers all these inner-city kids, and goes, quote, just be good. Start with the work. We're on your side. He goes on to say, quote, don't hurt each other. Don't rob each other. Don't shoot each other. Don't stab each other. Let's all love each other. Do you know that LeBron James could probably save 10,000 black lives this year? But instead, he's fanning the flames of the system by which they are slaughtering one another. And Ted Nugent could not be more accurate about that. You have heard me say it on this channel that LeBron James could have done an immense amount of good in this country instead of going out there and fanning the flames of different false narratives that percolate through the leftist media and the social justice community, he should be in Chicago doing something about all the black-on-black crime, black-on-black violence. Every, every Monday, we lead off the news with more children that have been gunned down in Chicago. And these sports car stars could use their voices to get out there and do some good And it's great to see somebody like Ted Nugent call them out. It's amazing how much common sense Ted Nugent has. The fact is, I've said, look, LeBron James does have influence. But he's saying all the wrong things. And unfortunately, some things have come out about LeBron's past from various interviews that he has said where he basically comes out and says he doesn't like white people very much. Okay, we've heard LeBron say that. We've heard it in interviews. And um, that doesn't do anybody in this country any good. Doxing out police officers, that doesn't do anybody any good. Okay, yeah, he's got a huge voice. These kids in these communities would look up to LeBron, but he's sending all the wrong messages, and it's good to see somebody like Ted Nugent call him out. Call him out. Uh, it's a great podcast. Make sure you go over and listen to the entire hour. It is it is uh, jaw-dropping. Ted Nugent was a great get for Jason Whitlock on Fearless the other day. And hearing him slam LeBron James was glorious. LaChina could have done a lot of good, but he didn't. He didn't. If anything, he has further segregated this country. And has set us back another 40 years. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from... Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 
30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, black and white sports fans, do you guys remember Shakari Richardson? You may not remember her. She actually did not participate in the Tokyo Olympic Games for Team USA because the sprinter, if you remember, failed a drug test. She failed the drug test and therefore she was suspended from competing at the Tokyo Olympics. And guys, it became political. There was a lot of outrage. People on the left was like, oh, let her in, let her in, let her in. And if they did that, you know, it wouldn't be fair to the people that actually followed the rules. Now, to her credit, she really wasn't making an excuse and saying, hey, I should be on the team, even though I failed the drug test. I didn't follow the rules. She really didn't do that. But it became so political. People on the left were just outraged. They were like, let her on the, on the team. She didn't make the team. She wasn't even accepted for the relay team either. So she did not participate in the Olympics. However, guys, she made her return to the track today. And guys, it was absolutely embarrassing. Absolutely pathetic. Shakari Richardson, who was dominating during the Olympic pre-trials, came back and check this out, guys. This is shocking right here. On TMZ Sports here, Shakari Richardson comes in last place against Jamaicans. Fiery post race interview as well, because she had some very, very strong words after this race. So Shakari Richardson comes in dead last. Nine racers here and she comes in dead last. This is shocking right here. But let's read this. 
Shakari Richardson's return to the track racetrack wasn't quite as glorious as she hoped. She came in last place against some of the same women she beat a couple of months ago. So she lost two people that she beat. This is embarrassing. The U.S. sprinter who was disqualified from competing in the summer's Tokyo Olympics took her mark Saturday for the Prefontaine Classic at the University of Oregon, where she was set the race in the women's 100 meter dash against eight others, including three of the Jamaican Olympians who took gold, silver and bronze during the games in her absence. Wow. When the gun went off, everyone was hurtling down the track, but it quickly became a became clear that Shikari was falling behind and not just against the Jamaican runners. Remember, they won the gold, bronze and silver, but it says, but against everyone else too, dead last. She ended up coming in ninth place with a time of 11.14 seconds, which many people weren't expecting. By the way, the Jamaican athletes ran the table again here for first, second, and third, with Elaine Thompson Hera finishing on top with a new record at 10.54 seconds. No matter though, because Shakari got ahead of her criticism. She was not happy. And I guess, you know, she was expecting people to criticize her, give a lot of backlash, saying, hey, you washed up. Well, you can understand why people would probably say that when you come in dead last. So she was very, very defiant. Very defiant. Um, it says here, Shakari Richardson after the race. This is one race. I'm not done. Count me out if you want to. Talk all the shit you want to. You know what I can do. Okay, this one race, but this one race, when people actually saw you, you finished in dead last. Now, she was supposed to be uh, a gold medalist favorite, I guess you can say, probably at the Olympics. But man, based on this, what was she doing during her um, suspension? Was she not training? I'm pretty sure she knew she was going to run again. But man, this is pretty bad right here. I'm not trying to hate on the girl at all, but man, th- this performance is unacceptable when you were supposed to be a gold medal favorite. You you didn't you, you didn't just lose to the Jamaicans who finished first, second and third in the Olympics. You lost to everybody. Everybody blew you out the water. I'm pretty sure, you know, she was probably just very upset with her performance And she shouldn't be taking this out on her critics. She should be critical of herself for coming in last place. I mean, this this is unreal, guys. Now I'm wondering what the woke revolutionaries are going to say about this. You know, that before when she was actually suspended, they were calling for her. Let her in, let her in, let her in. But based on this performance, does she look like somebody that should have been at the Olympics? Absolutely not. And then she gets very upset, very defiant and starts blasting her credits before there's any criticism to be had. This is immediately after the race. And she just started blasting everybody. Unreal. Unreal. I don't know if this is just a meltdown. Obviously, she probably wasn't training when she was suspended. Think of this. You, when you were suspended. What were you doing? Were you trying to train to be better? 
Or were you actually doing some more legal stuff? That's another story. I digress, though. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Shakari Richardson comes in dead last in her first race post-Olympic suspension. Wow. Embarrassing. And then she just started blasting all the credits when there was really no criticism because this was immediately after the race. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. I'm not sure if this is really going to be considered that surprising or not, considering the schools involved and the area that is involved. But we've got the first two Power 5 schools that have decided they will require either proof of vaccination and or proof of a negative COVID-19 test before you're going to be allowed to come into their stadium for either of these two colleges' games. Now, once again, for the umpteenth hundredth time, if you decide to get vaccinated, great, happy for you. If you decide not to, great, happy for you. We feel like on this channel that's your business. We also don't believe that any entities should necessarily be telling you what to do, whether that's employment, sports organizations, schools, yada, 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 yada. Let's get to this story. It's amazing what you got to go through to make a COVID video now. Oregon and Oregon State became the first Power 5 schools to announce they will require a proof of vaccination or negative COVID-19 tests for fans to attend games. Oregon said the decision was made with public health authorities and, quote, peer institutions in the state. (laughs) Pay careful attention to the state. The program said in its Friday statement, the negative test result must come from within three days of the event. Fans under 12 are not subject to proof of vaccination or COVID test, but must be fully masked at all times within the stadium, except when actively eating or drinking. Because if there is a virus, you're not, you can't, it miraculously goes dormant when you start eating or drinking. (laughs) All guests five and over, five years old or over, are required to wear face coverings in all areas of Aldson Stadium. Per direction of Lane County Public Health, the statement reads, and then it goes on, letter to Duck fans. The mandate goes into effect Monday and comes at the end of the week when state officials warned of rapidly filling hospitals as the daily reported cases reached record numbers, the announcement states. Oregon is one of several Pac-12 schools that is requiring students and employees to be vaccinated or apply for an exemption, ESPN reports. The Oregon football team opens its season at the 54,000-seat Altson Stadium in Eugene, September 4th against Fresno State, 
Oregon State begins its home schedule at Riser Stadium September 11th against Hawaii. And I think, as we read this, it doesn't come as much of a surprise considering the state said locations are in. The Pac-12 the other day come out with something uh, to the effect of you could forfeit games due to, due to COVID, whereas, you know, SEC is just... They're playing through. The SEC played through last year. And um, I think you would have thought a lot of these conferences would have learned their lesson, taken a lesson from the SEC, who is going to power through this thing once again. Man, the SEC came out looking so good in this entire COVID situation last year. And it has just made some of these other schools, some of these other conferences look terrible. I think it's one of the reasons why you will see more schools trying to get into the SEC. And of course, now there are rumors out there, and we can just talk about it while I'm here, that the Pac-12, the ACC, and uh, one other conference, all the Big Ten, are talking about combining into one super conference. Well, I mean, on, on, on on, on theory, it sounds good. USC and Ohio State sounds great. Except when you realize you may also get, uh, yeah, Florida State versus Arizona. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds quite as good on paper as, uh, as you might think. But uh, this doesn't surprise us. The first of the Power Five conferences to come out and say, you need to basically do all these things, jump through hoops, and say whether or not you are vaccinated and or have a negative test. Man, the Saints pulled this on season ticket holders this week and then said, we're not issuing refunds. And then the Attorney General of Louisiana got involved and said, and all of a sudden the Saints did a little flip-flop real fast on that. Now, in Oregon, it's not going to be like Louisiana. I doubt you're going to see any Attorney Generals getting involved in Oregon because they're probably wear, uh, waving their rainbow-colored pom-poms right now for this rule, jumping up and down and celebrating it as courageously brave and stunning. Tell me what you think, Black and White Live fans. This, this, this jab thing is getting a little out of hand, don't you think? Peace, I'm out. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Occasionally you come across the story and you're like, what? What am I reading right now? Well, for full disclosure, I am a San Francisco 49ers fan. So this tends to hit kind of close to home. It doesn't surprise me. One of my favorite players of all time is still delusional. And there's part of me that thinks his delusionalness is partly why he was great. He absolutely is in one of the top three wide receivers I've ever seen play. He was my second favorite wide receiver. Believe it or not, being a 49ers fan, my favorite wide receiver of all time is Michael Irvin. Uh, But... 
I'm a huge Terrell Owens fan. I am. I know he rubs people the wrong way. I know he rubbed Philadelphia the wrong way. He rubbed San Francisco the wrong way. But there was no doubting T.O.'s talent. And because of that, T.O. thinks he's still playing. He thinks he's still going to play. And I can't even fathom why T.O. would go down this road. Terrell Owens vows he's not washed up. Was told to stay in shape. Whoever told him that, shame on you. Shame on you right now. Terrell Owens is arguably the greatest wide receiver to ever play in the NFL. And even as he's been in the Hall of Fame for a few years, he has admitted Wednesday he's staying ready in in case a team calls him. What? The five-time All-Pro receiver told TMZ Sports he believes he can play in the NFL and that someone in the league told him to stay in shape. Was it Tom Brady? I just want to know. Was it Tom Brady? Quote, I'm not washed up, he said. Once you know how to ride a bike, you know you don't forget how to ride that bike. With that conversation that I had, they asked me to keep myself in shape. Anything can happen. And so that's what I'm doing. Owen said he's been working out on the track and clocking in some speedy times. I've been on the track, and honestly, I just ran probably like a week ago. I was clocked at a like 4-4. Was it a 4-4 or like a (laughs) 4-4? Like a 4-4 could have been a 4-9, which is still pretty damn fast by regular people's standards, but by wide receiver standards, it's not. Faster than I probably have been in probably in a while. What's up with all the problems, Terrell Owens? Now, this was surprising. When I got to looking, and I always pull up stats for these guys, um, I was pretty surprised to see his last season, exactly how productive he really was. Owens last played an NFL game for the Bengals in 2010. He played 14 games that year, had 72 passes. He caught 72 passes for 983 and 9 touchdowns. And in case you're wondering... That was at age 37, and you guys can see his stats here. A thousand yards, a thousand yards, a thousand yards, thousand, 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 thousand. Wow. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, 13 touchdowns or more. God, he had a thousand and thousand and seventy-eight catches. 15,934 yards, 153 catching touchdowns. That is, I mean, look, his his numbers are out of control. Uh, he played in the league for 15 years. The 47-year-old was enshrined in the Hall of Fame in 2018. And, of course, being a space cadet, he did not want to go to Canton. Instead, he was uh, enshrined at his alma mater, at a university, is a University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, I believe, is Terrell Owens uh, University. Forty-seven years old. Now that would be quite a feat. Uh, I don't know. Jerry Rice played until. Uh, let me look real fast. Um, I can't quite remember. Let Jerry Rice played till he was forty-two. He actually had 30 
catches at 32 years old uh, at 42 years old. So uh, that is amazingly <laughs> incredible. But Jerry Rice was also a. I mean, Jerry Rice was in phenomenal shape. But let's be real, Terrell Owens is. You want to talk about phenomenal shape? Jesus, that dude is chiseled out of granite. Can he play the, in the NFL now? No. Not a chance. You know, I mean, it's amazing. He's got these friends around the league, and every 18 months, maybe it seems like it pops up. Terrell Owens is saying something about he's in shape. He could come back. He thinks he could still play. Well, a lot of these guys think they could still play, but they can't. And when he says he ran a 4 4, was that from 32 yards? I mean, <laughs> I would love, I mean, I'm not trying to make fun. If he did run a 4 4, I don't know. I mean, that would be a different story, but I just don't know that I buy that T.O. ran a 4 4 at 47 years old. And not only that, but you're dealing with the fact that you're one hit away. And look, he was starting to get some injuries towards the later part of his career. You'd be one hit away from getting broken in half, but I don't know. Maybe maybe Tom Brady's down there saying, well, we need a fifth receiver on the roster, a sixth receiver. Uh, Antonio Brown, your catch has just dropped. <sighs> Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Terrell Owens is saying he believes he could still play. Somebody in the league supposedly told T.O. to be ready. No, man. No, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm 46. Stop it. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. There is one quarterback among these rookies that, as you know, on this channel, we are really paying close attention to. It was a quarterback I was very high on coming out of the draft. Unfortunately, I thought so many people were way too down on one Mac Jones. And now, through two preseason games, I think it's pretty obvious. Mac is going to be the longtime future starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. He has looked great. And this past weekend, he looked really good. I want to make sure I'm fair. Cam Newton looked really good, too. Absolutely. And Cam is trying to give Mac some hell. Uh, and keep his starting quarterback job. At least we think he's got the starting quarterback job. Uh, also, that just shows you right there, yikes, the pundits. Um, the San Francisco 49er media out there that had banged the drum for Trey Lance uh, and some of the fans banged the drum for Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and it looks like Mac Jones was the perfect quarterback for Kyle Shanahan's system. Well, he's also the perfect quarterback for Josh McDaniel's system. So we're going to get to some stuff from different insiders here that has come out about Mac Jones and his PFF rating among rookie quarterbacks. Quarterback Mac Jones has been the talk of the town so far for the New England Patriots. 
as everyone is waiting with boundless anticipation as they try to see just how far along he is in his development after an illustrious college career at Alabama. With Cam Newton, Cam Newton also looking for a rebound season, holding on to his starting job by the skin of his teeth as the fan base prepares for the inevitable switch. Jones needs to show signs that his ability to deliver the ball accurately on the field and lead the team, both verbally and non-verbally, off of translated from college. Based on what fans saw in his debut against the Washington football team, he looks more capable, more than capable of slinging the rock all over the field. ESPN insider Jeff Darlington supplemented that by showing with some insider info that claims Jones is already a favorite in the coaching staff. Speaking on ESPN's Get Up, Darlington claims to have received tweets, and this was on Wednesday before that performance on Thursday. Good God. He he claims to have received text messages from someone within the Patriots organization that hinted Jones is showing off his smarts, willingness to put in extra work and improvement since they first got a look at him. Newton better watch out. Tom Kernan, somebody I listen to, has got a great Patriot podcast. The best aspect of this night for Mac Jones is that his game has traveled from practice field to game field tonight. His tempo, accuracy, and command are precisely what we've seen in every camp practice. That was way back on the 12th, actually. Quote, I just got a text from somebody within the Patriots organization. This is Darlington. Uh, within the Patriots organization who pointed out Mac Jones is handling things very well, very smart, very hard worker, steady progress. These are all things behind the scenes that you want to feel about Mac Jones. Mac Jones is impressing the Patriots so far. While Jones' passing numbers were surpassed by rookies like Justin Fields and Trey Lance, the ex-Bama's gunslinger uh, 13 for 19 performance showed that his accuracy is still there. Newton wasn't much worse in the preseason opener. Now, this is after the first week, but Mac Jones had the highest PFF grade among quarterback uh, the rookie quarterbacks that came out with an 82. And uh, it goes on to talk a little bit about the Patriot way. And, of course, Mac Jones followed up his 13-for-19 performance in the first week with a 13-for-19 for 146 in the second game, and he looked even better, hitting more passes down the field. Uh, I believe that would make him 26 for 38 for, what, 270, essentially, in the preseason so far. He's yet to throw a pick, and Matt Jones looks really, really good. Cam Newton had a very good night on Thursday, too. Like I said, I want to be fair, and I'm still beginning to believe Anyway, that Cam Newton may get that job initially. Um, I think it's probably going to be easier to give Cam the job and then take the job away as opposed to give Mac the job and then have to give it back to Cam if things go amiss. Now, we know in preseason it's a lot of vanilla defenses, but I have noticed some teams have been blitzing. Um, some teams have been doing some minor game planning, even – in the preseason, and of course, you know, um, he's he's already played some decent defenses in uh, 
in the preseason, although we don't know exactly how good the Eagles are going to be, but we know the Redskins, the, you know, they've got a quality defense. So may actually end up being the best defense in the league. Um, the Rams and the, the, the team formerly known as the Redskins uh, should have a good defense this year. So Mac Jones continues to impress. We're starting week two. We've got that game out of the way. Trey Lance tomorrow night for the Niners. I'm looking forward to that. Again, I'm not hating on Trey Lance. I'm not. I think the kid's got unbelievable unbelievable physical tools. But there are things that have to be worked on. I do think Trey should sit for a year. And I think if the 49ers want to win a Super Bowl, Jimmy G is their, their best chance. The fact is, history tells us, if you start a rookie quarterback, you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Uh, you're not. Uh, that is just the facts in the NFL. That goes for the Patriots and Mac Jones, too. Although, if anybody would ever break that trend, it would be Bill Belichick and those Patriots. So, we'll find out. Tell me what you think, Black and White Live fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.